listening to Peanut Butter and Jams with host Brenda and Jordy on CITR 101.9, exploring local music and local food. Tune in to learn about the best eats and tunes from your neighborhood and a weekly pairing for your date calendar. Warning, the endorsements and criticism expressed during the show are the opinions of the hosts, unless clearly identified as advertising. Put in your earbuds and fire up your taste buds. It's Peanut Butter and Jams. You're listening to Peanut Butter. Hello there, it's Brenda from Peanut Butter and Jams, but Jordy is not here because he is about to get married. I do have a guest in the studio, Ben Lai. Hi. Hello, Ben. Um, we do have an exciting show planned for you today. Uh, I have an interview with Norm Kaitler, an urban beekeeper that I'll play later on in the show. And we also have a special guest coming in. Her name is Karen Needham, and she is the curator of the Spencer Entomological Collection. And she's going to talk to us about edible bugs. And I'm very excited. Have you ever eaten a bug, Ben? Uh, never. Never. Also, Karen Needham was actually my professor at really? UBC. Yeah. You took a, zoo a zoology course? I was in biology for three years. She taught my invertebrates course, though. She is an entomologist, so that I know. Yeah, I, but she, um, anyways, it was a, it was many years ago, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, she was teaching. She was she taught my invertebrate class. Wow. Well, who knew there would be such a tie-in to Ben Lai in today's show? Great. So uh, we're gonna play some music, and the music today is all themed about and around Victory Square Block oh, Party. Not bugs. I thought maybe it'd be <laughs> bugs. I do have one song that's <laughs> about bugs, or where you can hear grasshoppers chirping in the back. Um, but all the songs are uh, by bands that are playing at Victory Square this Sunday. And are you going, Ben Lai? Yep, for a little bit. Just uh, just until I go to Jordy's wedding. Until we go to Jordy's wedding. Yeah. yeah, so this is an event that CITR plans in conjunction with Music Waste. And there are a whole bunch of bands playing at uh, Victory Square Park. It's always a good time. At Camby and Hastings. Yeah. And it raises money for CITR and Megaphone Magazine, the downtown Eastside newspaper. And it's a great community event. It's free. And it's one of the, the things I look forward to every September yeah, long weekend. Great. Bring a towel. You can sit on the on the uh, grass on the hill there. Mm-hmm. And that would be tons of fun. Should be a, should be a good time. It's too bad I have to miss parts of it. It is too bad. Do you know who's playing? Do you have a list? I do have a list. Would you like to hear them? Sure. Remind me again. Well, there's a band called Woolworm, Twin River, Fake Tears. Uh, Whitney K, Gal Grayson, Cave Girl, and Other Jesus. Great. Sounds great. Yeah, yeah so we're going to start with a track by Ramsey. Oh, and Ramsey, which is off 1080p. Um, and this is the song that I have that has bugs in the background. So enjoy.
So that was Ramsey, uh, an electronic artist that's playing at Victory Square Block Party this Sunday. Uh, I believe the show starts at 2 p.m. and goes till 7. Um, and we have a special guest. I'd like to introduce Karen Needham. And she's the curator of the Spencer Entomological Collection here at the Biodiversity, BD Biodiversity Museum. Welcome here, Karen. Thanks. Uh, Karen, can you tell us a bit about uh, your work here at UBC? Yeah, sure. I take care of a BC insect collection that has over 650,000 specimens in it, uh, some dating from the late 1800s onwards. And that's all housed at the BD Biodiversity Museum? Yeah, with five other natural history collections, all of which also have a long history. But we moved into a new building together in 2010. Mm -hmm. So for those of you who haven't been there, it's a fantastic place to visit. And you can see all these cool animals in jars. And uh, I, I had a great time the last time I visited. Uh, how much of the insect collection is on display? Um, we have 24 shadow boxes, they're called, on display to give people an idea what's behind the cabinets. Mm -hmm. um, and then if uh, I'm in a good mood, um, you can ask me to open up some doors for you and I can show you what's behind the doors too. Oh, exciting. And are these insects from all over the world or do they specialize in certain areas? Our collection is British Columbia mainly. Um, the other collections in there are world collections, but insects are so diverse that most entomology collections remain regional in their okay. scope. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And do you teach people about insects at UBC as well? I have in the past. Uh, taught the entomology course for many years. Okay, mm -hmm. exciting. And can you tell us a bit about this event that's happening tomorrow? Sure, we're having a Bugs and Beers event tomorrow night uh, at the BD uh, starting at 6.30 and it's, uh, it's for members only so you do have to become a member of the museum in order to attend but it's worth it because you get all sorts of benefits besides this great event. Um, so um, I'm going to introduce people to the idea of insects as human food. In most of the world, insects are eaten as a staple part of the human diet, but in the West, uh, we have not embraced that idea yet. Can you give some examples of other cultures and, and what kind of animals they're eating? Sure. Uh, the most commonly eaten things are crickets and uh, grasshoppers and locusts, um, and that's probably because they're extremely plentiful. Um, so easy to come across and also because they're eating crops that humans are growing for food if you can grab them while they're doing that um, not only do you get a great uh, free source of protein but you also protect your crops from competition with them. Mm -hmm. And have you sampled different insects in different countries? I have. I've traveled uh, all over the world and I've always made it uh, a goal to try the local insect fair. Um, so probably the most uh, interesting things I've eaten are these large uh, churro worms, they're called, from Peru, uh, which are giant larvae of longhorn beetles. They're maybe uh, the size of a toonie around and three or four inches long, and they're just pan-fried, and, and you eat them whole. A toonie. That's, that's, quite, that's quite the girth. Wow. Impressive. Uh, and what kind of movement is there around edible bugs here in Vancouver or in BC? Well, um, I have received several emails from small uh, startup companies since the talk was announced uh, saying that they're trying to get something off the ground. Um, but in Canada, the big people in the game are Next Millennium Farms. They're in eastern Canada. 
and um, they're producing um, insect snacks um, mm -hmm. for fun, but also uh, much more seriously an insect flour based on crickets um, that you can use in baking. Okay. And that, so they're raising, they have a farm where they're raising insects and then producing that. Mainly crickets and mealworms, okay. um, which are the easiest things really to rear in large quantities in captivity. Okay, and is it catching on? Are people starting to talk about this? I think so. I heard that you could get the cricket flower at uh, Choices um, really? so in, here in Vancouver, so that's a good start, I think. Okay, have you done some cooking with this flower? Um, so I usually buy my own crickets and mealworms from pet stores where they sell them for feeding your reptiles and amphibians. I use them for my tarantulas, and I take them home and dry roast them myself. Um, that way I can feed them for a couple of weeks and make sure they're got loaded with good stuff before I use mm -hmm. them. Um, the crickets nicely replace nuts in any recipe. So chocolate chip chirpies is an example of a, a cookie I've made before where the nuts were replaced with the crickets and the chocolate helps it be a little more palatable. Yeah, for sure. Um, bugs covered in chocolate sounds amazing. <laughs> uh, in terms of the protein, how... Um, how great of a source of protein are bugs? Mm -hmm. It turns out that insects have uh, twice the protein of beef and um, more iron than spinach. Uh, they also have additionally um, things that you don't get in the meat we eat normally, like beef and chicken. Um, they have calcium. Um, they have B vitamins. They have lots of essential, all nine essential amino acids. Um, so and carbohydrates. So they're also a m they're a much more well-rounded source of nutrition than meat, traditional meat. So so this is a good idea for people's health. Mm -hmm, absolutely. Mm -hmm. What else do you use your? Uh, how else do you flavor or or cook with insects? Um, normally, when they're uh, stir-fried or uh, roasted, um, just whatever spices that you like, you can put in garlic, onions, chili. That kind of thing. Um, but they're very tasty all on their own, too, especially larvae, which are high in fat and uh, really taste like bacon or potato chips once you roast them, so you don't need to add anything. Okay. That sounds pretty tasty. And you brought some along here I for did. us to see. Speaking of, um, th I have some mealworms here um, that are flavored either as salt and pepper or fire and brimstone. Um, so mealworms are the larvae of a beetle. Mm -hmm. um, and um, they uh, live in um, dried product uh, like flour uh, normally or meal. And um, I think they taste fine just by themselves, but uh, the latest trend seems to be flavoring them like potato chips and selling them as snacks. Mm -hmm. So these are from Next Millennial Farms. Okay. And I thought you might like to try one well, or two. I guess we should definitely do that. Excellent. Um, yeah, so where did you buy these? Um, the next Millennial Farms is uh, supplying the snacks for the event tomorrow night. Okay. So these are some of the things that people will be sampling with their beer. Great. Well, maybe we'll play a song and then come back and talk about the experience. So uh, I'm going to play a song by Fake Tears called Hearts Break Loud, and they'll also be playing at Victory Square Block Party.
you're listening to CITR. This is Peanut Butter and Jams, your local food and music show. And we have a guest, Karen Needham, who is the curator of the Spencer Ontomological Collection at the BD Biodiversity Museum. And she's here to talk about edible insects. And we just tried some. And they were good. Great. What did you think they tasted like? Um, they did taste a bit like a bit like chips, um, kind of dry and dusty. There was another taste, and I can't, I can't really place it. Um, something that kind of like dry and crackly, and these were salt and pepper flavored. And uh, I must confess, when they got poured into my hand, I jumped a little <laughs> bit, and uh, it was startling. But um, but they were good. Yeah, she recovered like a trooper. I did, I did, and maybe I will eat a few more. I will definitely eat a few more. Uh, so if people want to try bugs. You said they can get flower choices, and these little bugs, uh, sorry, insects. Let's respect the insect. <laughs> um, these flavored insects from Next Millennium Farms, uh, what, can you purchase them in Vancouver or I'm not online? sure about the snacks. For sure online. Um, the candy shop on 4th Avenue has some uh, novelty insect products from another company, a U.S. company called Hot Licks, and these are cricket lickets, so they're po um, lollipops with whole crickets in them or whole scorpions in them, and they have definitely chip-flavored crickets as well. Um, so that's at 4th, just a little bit east of Arbutus. And scorpions are okay to eat? Sure. Really? <laughs> Great. You might want to remove the poison sap first, but other okay. than that. No. So someone else has done that for us, and <laughs> they're all safe. Uh, so uh, one of the other exhibits that's happening at the museum is called Shutterfly, and I believe this event tomorrow is in conjunction with that exhibit. Mm -hmm. uh, what is the Shutterfly exhibit? It's Shutterbug, actually, and Shutterbug. it's a play on words um, because it's a series of insect photographs. Um, a fellow named Ian Lane, who was a very dear friend of mine, an avid naturalist, uh, went around the province taking photos of insects for most of his retired life. Um, he actually didn't take up photography until after he retired, and he became a fantastic nature photographer. And when he died a few years ago, he willed his entire uh, insect slide collection to us at the Spencer. So over 10,000 slides of insects. And um, so many of his most extraordinary photos are on display at the museum uh, just until September 6th, though. So you need to go soon if you would like to see those. Mm -hmm. So a few more days left to see some amazing photography at the BED Biodiversity Museum here at UBC. And just to remind you about the details of the event this Friday, you can become a member of the museum and the event starts at 7 and Karen here will be talking about edible insects and there will be grasshopper wheat ale and a chance to check out the museum. You bet. I hope you can come by. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming in, Karen. You're welcome. I will play another song. Uh, this will be another Fake Tears.
for our more dreadful sacrifice. The music you are listening to is completely electronic. Only a fool would ignore this. I'd like to demonstrate for you some of the rather more weird kinds of sounds. See how relaxed you're getting? Every Sunday night at 7 o'clock here on CITR 101.9 FM is More Than Human, your weekly guide to all that is new, weird and wonderful in the world of electronic music. So please join me, Gareth Moses, for electronic music old and new, and then comments and the occasional sacrifice. More Than Human on CITR. Tune in every Wednesday from 3 to 4 p.m. for Cue It Up with your host, Jonathan Coop, for abrasive fight or flight music played at hot loud volumes, uncooperative songs for things that are not on punk, noise rock, post-punk, experimental, industrial, and noise.
that was Gal Grayson off the album Blue Hearts in Exile and the song Blue Hearts One. And before that, we played Twin River off the album Should the Light Go Out? And the song was Word to the Wise. And I'm looking forward to hearing all these bands on Sunday of the long weekend. Now I'm going to play an interview I did a couple weeks ago with my friend Norm Kaitler, who is an urban beekeeper. Him and his daughters came into the studio and talked about urban beekeeping, and I will share that with you now. You're listening to Peanut Butter and Jams. This is Brenda, co-host with Norm. Norm is an old friend of mine and an urban beekeeper. Hi, Brenda. Welcome to the studio, Norm. Thanks. And Norm also has some special guests with him. Yes, I do. Would you like to introduce them? This is my oldest daughter, Nora. Great. Um, So, Norm, can you tell us a bit about how you got into urban beekeeping? Uh, Sure, yeah. I'm a high school science teacher, and um, one of my colleagues happened to be a beekeeper, and he had uh, a request to put a hive in a backyard close to where I work. Um, And he was already swamped with work, and he said, Hey, Norm, do you want to start beekeeping now? I said, okay. So I, I ran off to Surrey to the Honeybee Center there. I took a introductory course, and the next week I was back in a bee suit tending my first hive. Mm. So how many hives do you have, and where are they? I've got uh, three apiaries, or sets of hives, um, uh, one in a f- neighbor's backyard, uh, one by the school where I work, uh, one on top of City Hall, and then uh, one in a, a friend's backyard in East Vancouver. Okay, and in terms of the day-to-day work, how do you interact with these bees? Uh, well, the summer is when most of the work happens. i got to check them at, at least uh, once every 10 days to, uh, to prevent swarming. Um, I want to make sure that I catch them before they do that. It becomes a real public nuisance. Um, and what exactly is swarming? <coughs> a swarm. A swarm is a natural reproductive behavior of bees. It's when uh, a colony gets too big for its home. Resources like nectar and pollen are flowing in and they just don't have enough room. And so the old queen takes half of the colony and leaves out the front door. And uh, the old colony makes a new queen from the eggs that they still have. Now the new or the old queen, when she's swarming with her five to 10,000 daughters uh, can become a real public nuisance. They'll light up on trees or end up um, in a chimney or someone's uh, walls. It can be a real public They will find the wrong home. They will find the wrong home. So beekeepers uh, want to go and catch these swarms or even prevent them. And how do you prevent it? Well, uh, I mentioned uh, the crowding problem. And so a beekeeper goes in, makes sure that uh, the bees have enough, the queen has enough space to to lay eggs. So lots of empty cells. in, um, in the honeycomb and so beekeepers can move frames within a colony to make sure that the queen has enough room. That's one of the biggest things. Mm-hmm. And why do you keep bees in cities? Oh gosh, why don't you? Um, there's, I guess I can think of three main reasons why urban beekeeping is, uh, has advantages over rural. Uh, number one, there's forage everywhere and uh, flowers are blooming basically 
from the beginning of spring to the end of fall. Th there's food for bees everywhere. And because every colony has a three kilometer radius of where they can fly to, um, they go and find the flowers. It's, it's easy enough to find either street trees, so linden trees along the streets, or um, chestnut trees have a really good nectar flow early in the spring. A lot of blackberries uh, give um, good nectar. And then uh, pollen sources like uh, dandelions um, are key. Uh, so even like the weeds on people's lawns is really good. And of course, people's backyard gardens, whether it's for vegetables or not, uh, offer great forage for bees. So that's the first reason, great forage. Second reason, um, uh, there's no uh, blanket use of pesticides. And so bees mm. have uh, uh, a um, less chance of being affected by uh, poison. Uh, and then uh, the third reason, I guess, is um, I guess related to forage in, in the uh, rural settings, um, bees uh, may feast on blueberries for a week or two, and then the beekeeper might box them up and put them on a truck and send them on over to, uh, oh, what's after blueberries? I don't know, watermelons or something like that. Mm -hmm. And so the bees would have really great food, but only a certain type of nutrition. So like imagine yourself eating only peaches or um, only strawberries for nothing uh, uh, nothing else for, for two weeks. Uh, really, it's tasty at first, but not really good for your immune system. And so I would say that urban bees are healthier and, uh, and happier in, uh, than their rural cousins. Mm -hmm. And you also make honey. Oh, yes. Mm -hmm. So what do you do with this honey? Oh, gosh. Uh, we eat a lot of honey. <laughs> Nora, you want to tell uh, what your favorite ways of eating honey? <laughs> Straight out of a spoon, right? Do you like it on toast? Yeah. Yeah, and we put it in smoothies, and we substitute it for sugar in our baking. And, really um, yummy. It really is. Um, and because the bees are drawing from so many nectar sources, it's really floral and really complex. Um, much more flavorful than perhaps what you might buy in the store, which is often... What I really like honey on pancakes. Oh, yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's good on pancakes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You're listening to Peanut Butter and Jams. This is Brenda. So that was our discussion with Norm Kaitler, urban beekeeper. We talked a bit more, but unfortunately, the rest of the audio file got corrupted. Uh, Norm did explain some of the reasons around uh, the bee crisis and what uh, people should know about pesticides and how they affect bees. And he also uh, talked about swarming and how that is his favorite part of the job if you go to the city of vancouver there actually is his phone number where you can call norm if you see a swarm and he will come and catch it for you and put those bees into a nice happy home thank you so much norm for joining us to talk about bees uh norm and his kids did make a lovely station id which i will now play for you Hi, my name's Norm, and this is... Nora, Abby. And you are listening to CITR 101.9 in Vancouver. And we love bees because... Like to make honey. honey. A bee, bee. Goodbye. Goodbye. Let's see, crowd from flower to flower. 
Hi, my name's Norm, and this is... Nora, Abby. And you are listening to CITR 101.9 in Vancouver. Waste and CITR present the 11th annual Victory Square Block Party, Sunday, September 6th from 2 to 9 p.m. Celebrate the end of summer and support non-profit media organizations with a splurge of local bands. Whirl Worm, Ramsey, Other Jesus, Cave Girl, Gal Grayson, Fake Tears, Whitney K, Twin River, as well as Christy Lee and DJs Owen Ellis and BBU. Come listen to performers or tune in to 101.9 FM or CITR.ca for an all-day live broadcast with plenty of on-air personalities and interviews with the bands. Help us make it the best Sunday of September, the Victory Square Block Party, September 6th from 2 to 9 p.m. Listen, if they're so hot, how come they're not tearing up the charts, babe? Because you never play them, babe. 
At CITR, our hosts choose the music they play. That means our charts actually reflect the tastes of music lovers, as opposed to focus groups. So if you want to know what's really tearing up the charts, get your hands on a copy of Beatroot or Discorder magazine, or go online to CITR.ca. CITR's charts are based on actual spins motivated by actual preference. No payola, no marketing, just good tunes. Refreshing, no?
that was Cave Girl. The song was Bad Times off the album Bad Times. And before that, Dead Soft, who are not playing a Victory Square block party, but played last year. The song was called Phase. And before that, Gal Grayson, Blue Hearts 1 off Blue Hearts in Exile. Thank you so much for Norm Kaitler. To Norm, Caitlin, and Karen for joining us on the show. Um, go try out your own edible bugs. Uh, there's a podcast of the Matt and Ryan show followed by live from Thunderbird Radio Hell, both pre-record since both hosts are taking a break this week. Uh, so thanks for listening.